Blog Talk Radio. today, we are going to be talking about world events, a completely open show where we have a dialogue about solutions to the climate of what is going on in our world today, from Nepal to climate change, youth, education, media, technology, you name it. We have what we consider experts from around the world and their respective fields. The first person we're going to bring on will be my co-host, of course. Jay and I co-host together every week. Jay Logan, my name is Gail Davis. And so we're going to start with you. And then we're going to have Nate Main, who is a very songwriter who is supported by fans worldwide. We have Gene Wernheim, who is an international music consultant, also has worked with the U.S., has dealt with around the world, very well recognized. Afua, who is an international known nutritionist around the world, deals with nutrition for the body and the health. Kevin from the United Kingdom, who is with business development and social media. We also then have Miss May Soon Zaid. Very happy to have her on. She's a man with this for children, and she is a staunch fighter for kids in that area. And then, uh, not to mention, I think I've gotten everyone here, Jenny Craig, who we had on last week, amazing. She's going to start us off with a gratitude petition. And then we have Darren Brown, who is a former stockbroker, a parent, and now starting to be an anesthetist, and is involved with the Listen Give board uh, as the part of the Listen Give board here. Bring on Mr. J. Logan. Mr. Logan, how are you? I am doing very well out here. It's kind of brisky out here in sunny California. But uh, we had a couple of earthquakes over here, and everybody's all shaken up about everything. But other than that, we're doing great out here in San Francisco. That is so amazingly great. Well, we're, um, oh, I do. Uh, I, I didn't mention him, Jay. We have him from the Young Men for Gender Equality. So excited to have him on as well. So, you, Jay, you have to get right into this, right? So I believe the first person we're going to bring on is Mrs. Jenny Craig. Well, hi, Gail. Hi, Jay. I'm grateful to be here today. Well, hey. we're so excited oh. to have you on. It's It's amazing to have you on. Before you get started, we're going to bring on the uh, next guest. So if you just uh, mute a little bit. We have another person here. I'll just say the number start with 347. So can I say who's on now? You're on live. Hello? 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 Who am I speaking with? 
Uh, this is Jay from Listen Give and Gail. We have Jay and Gail, and we have Jay. And then we bring on Yang Bodu. Yang Bodu, are you there? Yes, uh, I'm present. So currently at the TechCrunch uh, Disrupt, the uh, startup showcase uh, with a number of social good ventures uh, in view. So thank you for being with us, Yang Bodu, over the TechCrunch Disrupt New York City. Okay? And the person that is live who has a four number, just know that you're lost. Then we're going to run Hi guys, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh no problem. Then we have someone from another country. So I'm going to say, is this Kevin or who do we have now? Or is this Nate? Hello, if you can hear us, you're on. Tell us who is this? This is Jean from Sweden. So we're real excited. We have someone from a 347 number on. Plus you were. We're going to go right into the show with the folks that we have on so far. We have Yang Bozu, who is on directly from... We have Darren Brown. We have Jean Renheim from Sweden. And we also have Miss... Jennifer Craig. So Jennifer, would you have Queen of Four? Queen of Four is here. Oh, yes. Thank you for being on Queen of Four and nutritionist as well. So uh, we're going to start with Craig. We start that she's going to start us off with gratitude, what she calls a gratitude ring to start playing gratitude with the show beginning. Start. We'll give you a question. We will state who will ask to answer that question, and we're going to ask all of you to tell us what solutions you think, but we'll call the names out so everyone has an opportunity. So, Jennifer, if you would start us off. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I would like to start off by all of our listeners today taking their right hand, putting it on their heart, and taking a brief moment to feel gratitude for something that's going on in their day-to-day. And as you take this moment and start to feel gratitude flowing through your body, I want to share with you the power that you hold within, starting off scientifically. Scientifically, when you sit in a space of power, the neurotransmitter associated with it will decrease feelings of depression, decrease feelings of anxiety, decreased feelings of anger, and other feelings that are often associated with the initial reason that we go into a space of loneliness, separativeness, and conflict. And recognizing when you take time each day to be in a space of gratitude, you are in a space that gives you power to overcome that for yourself. And in the Gratitude Ring Project, we have people take 10 minutes in the morning 10 minutes at night to give themselves this gift from a physical level of health because not only will it shift and adjust what's going on within you emotionally, it physically makes you scientifically proven, have an increase in immunity, and also bring forth better energy and better health. And the next step to that is once you have filled yourself with a space of gratitude, 
we ask you to take time today, which is what we're doing on the radio, to allow yourself to sit with someone in your community eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart, and share with them your gratitude of why they make a difference in your world and what they bring different than you do and what they bring in their own brilliance. And let someone know how much that difference matters to you. Because as we do this, we create power within ourselves, power within our community, and then we ask that person to spread it on, so therefore power within our world. And it only takes a a small group of committed people to make a positive difference in our world. In fact, it's the only thing that has. So I'm grateful to begin our call today with all of our unique brilliances, all of our unique differences around the world, and I'm so grateful for the difference that's happening in this very moment. Thank you, Smart. I just want to let everyone know, Jenny Cray is the ambassador for the Impact 21 by Constance Peak, and Janet Salazar connected with the United Nations. So Jenny, thank you for your time and your effort of starting this call off in that way. I am going to ask that everyone, when they're not talking, if they would mute themselves with the exception of myself and Jay, so that we don't hear the background noises, we can hear each person completely. Thanks to my Jenny, for being a part of this. My pleasure. I'm grateful. Okay. And if everyone else mutes, thank you. We have more people, Jay, that have joined, and I'm going to check in to see who they are. We have a 631 number. Can you please tell who on the six three one? Yes, my name is Jessica Knoll. Okay, Jessica, where are you from? I'm from Bohemia. Wow. Well, thank you for joining us. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just yeah. want to let you guys know that the quality of the sound is really horrible on the streaming. Okay. We'll see what we can do about that. Thank you so much. It's even breaking up on the phone. I can barely hear you guys. Yes. Okay. It is. It's just, it's okay. just. Okay. How about now? Can you hear us? No, I'm hearing every other word. I've actually used Blog Talk Radio before. Um, I did a, a, I had a show on there for Jessica Marie's surprises and everything. I'm actually friends with Kevin Gillard. Okay, no problem. Well, We'll see what we can do further. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we'll, we'll see if oh. we can act further. And are you, oh, okay. you, be, have a, are you bringing Kevin in, Jessica? Um, well, well, he's actually from uh, Great Britain, and, uh, and I can't actually, um, he can't actually call in, but I will be bringing the message for him. No problem. So you'll be speaking on his behalf. Thank you so much. Just one moment with us. And we have, another, okay. we have someone else who's come from Skype. Can you say, can you tell us who you are? Um, this is Maysoon. I'm not on Skype. I'm on a phone. <laughs> okay, Maysoon, how are you? Thank hey. you for joining. I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you guys and hear what's going on in the world. Thank you. We're excited to actually hear your thoughts as well. So everyone, we're quite excited to have all of these amazing people on. So if you all actually mute, we're actually going to get started right now. 
So as you know, there's a lot of things going on around the world right now. From South Africa with xenophobia, foreigners uh, being attacked, to Baltimore issues here, to Nepal with the earthquake, to the music industry currently where music is being consumed on streaming, and we're seeming to going back to physical vinyl uh, in terms of people purchasing vinyl, to youth feeling as though they have pressure on them to be the leaders of the world when really many of them just want to go to school and and go for their degrees, to people like Yang Bo Du who will, who's on here uh, to deal with uh, gender equality between men and women. So um, and, and to parents, we have a range of topics. And we're actually may not ask you a range of topics and expertise, but ask you each guest that's here your opinion of a solution to a particular issue that's going on in the world. So, you know, we're going to jump right in and right now. And uh, May soon, we're going to start with you. You know, right now in the world, youth are feeling a lot of pressure. They're feeling the pressure to be older. They're feeling the pressure to be adult quicker. They're feeling a lot of pressure. What do you think is the solution for youth to begin to just live their lives and get lives they want to, rather than the pressure that they're feeling to be leading away? It's multi. It's multi-level. I mean, I always think that it begins at home, but not everybody has a stable parent system to kind of alleviate the pressure and make them understand what's really important in, in life. I think one of the things that creates the most pressure in youth today is the Internet and, you know, the World Wide Web and just constantly being inundated with these negative images of in media of what young women should look like, what young men should behave like, how much you need to attain in order to have a quality of life. And I think that if you don't have parents at home saying these are not the important things, then who becomes the next next? line of defense is the media and the media does very little to empower teens and youth and does a lot to tear them down give them false expectations and reduce them to body image so i think that it's a pair of things that needs to happen and that we as a community need to be out there kind of battling all the negative imagery that they're inundated with it and providing them with more positive imagery more positive people to look up to i know that when i'm on twitter i find a lot of powerful powerful women that I can follow, who are not shallow, who kind of inspire me to live a more positive life, and I think that we need to be out there to battle the negative. Well, with, thank you so much, Maysoon, for uh, sharing that with us. So we're going to go to Jean Wernheim over in Sweden. Jean, what is your opinion? What do you think is the solution that, you, as a parent yourself, youth should not feel that kind of pressure to produce? to be the leaders other than having their college educations and taking on the things that they want to. Wow, I was wow. afraid you were going to call me. <laughs> uh, being a mother of an 18-year-old girl, oh, I'm, I can hear my echoing here too. Um, I, for me, it's uh, being parents, talking to your kids, 
more frequently and try to listen to them uh, because, uh, like you said, the society, the pressure is so high on their daily life now. Um, so open listening and communicating with the kids if you can. And the other things, like the previous guest say, the Internet is giving so much pressure to the youth nowadays. Uh, in many ways, there's a lot of untruths and, and not factual so information was given, and that's been created a lot of problems. Uh, that's something we also need to be aware and. Uh, I'm not sure how to uh, reduce those kind of untruths. The information was given on the internet, uh, but like uh, uh, the the suggestion is, uh, there are a lot of good um, advice and the, uh, information on different social media are given. So that will be also another good good place for you to look look into it and to learn there are good positives in the world. You don't need to be pressed, stress yourself uh, just because some negative information you have received. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Yenbo Du, as a younger than yourself hearing this question and hearing what I've just asked, we'd love for you to come in and, and share your solution or your thought. You may have a completely different opinion about this. What is your thought? Well, currently, so given what I've heard about the issue of media, just to expand on earlier points made by May Soong about the media, what I'm actually observing is there are actually individuals, there are entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs, even on the floor at TechCrunch right now who are working on schools helping make the Internet a much more inclusive place for women, for those who are otherwise marginalized. So really the solution would be, depending on who you are, if you have a connection, bring those people who know you're working on those solutions together. If you have financial capital, invest in them, provide them resources. If you have political capital, lobby for policy changes and whatnot. But we... You don't rely on any single person to carry the load. Everyone, do what you can to support this. It has to be from the grassroots. Keep that in mind. The most dangerous thing right now to do is think that we can rely on one person to solve this. You know it's everyone's responsibility. Gender equality is human rights. So much. Um, we're going to jump in here with one other person, and then we're going to go into the next question that Jay will have. So the, uh, if everyone will mute. Darren Brown, as parent yourself, uh, you give your thoughts on it. Well, I, you know, basically just to piggyback on, on what was said, I think it's, I do think it's important to uh, empower uh, the children around you, and and, and uh, not just your own children, because I know as, as a father with three girls, uh, I often get um, some adoptive children uh, uh, in in my environment, uh, or kids, and and it, it may not be for a long time or a long length of time, but every moment uh, that you have with uh, the children that your children bring around is is precious as well, because. Uh, 
as was said before, you know, it, it, it takes more than just one person. And I've always believed that it takes a village. It, it takes uh, more than just parents. It takes aunts, uncles, and other uh, aunts, uncles, grandparents, other adults in the community to uh, encourage uh, children to uh, empower themselves to know that, that, uh, that, that there doesn't need to be a pressure necessarily to be a uh, the leader of, of of an institution, but to be a leader of, of their own lives, and uh, and in doing so, they themselves uh, help to be the the encouragement and the answer to uh, their peers out there as well. Um, so I, I think that's I think that's where the the uh, the best help can be made all the way around. It's not just the parents, it's not just home, but every, it's like it was said earlier, it's every adult in the community uh, being that that person that uh, helps our youth feel the empowerment that they need to to be better people and in charge of their own lives. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for sharing that with us. Um, I'm now the last person, Jay. I'm going to go over to is I'm going to go and uh, to uh, Queen of Fua. Queen of Fua, would you give us your your thoughts on this? Queen of Fua, would you give us your thoughts on this? On solutions. Uh, as a holistic uh, health practitioner for 40-some-odd years, what a, a, a vision came that health care is self-care. And if you do not have self-care, you don't have health care. Um, in the United States, where billions of dollars are spent on health care, people's health is still getting worse, still health is declining. And so how do we um, address this? There was something that at that time, Senator Obama, as coming into his office, he was um, on a campaign. He was saying something that really touched me, and I felt connected to it. He said this, that the solution to um, the people's, to people and their health care and the economy is wellness. And wellness is coined as holistic health as well and that the people must then seek out their community health providers to provide them with wellness. And so that is a solution. When we begin to learn, because it is a learning curve that we have to take on, as we begin to learn how to use uh, nature, to access nature, to access the elements, to access food as medicine, that everything that we eat, everything that we consume can then prevent the diabetic condition is plaguing the globe, that the cancers that are running rampant, that the um, immune deficiency diseases that are taking over people's lives, the fibroid tumors in women, the prostate cancer in men, that in nature there, is the, there lies the answer. And as we begin to embrace a natural way of life, we come into balance and we begin to dispel the disease, mental disease, physical disease, emotional disease, and even relationship disease just by detoxing the body of, the, of lifetimes and generational poisoning and environmental toxicity. And as we begin to take better care of ourselves as human beings, 
we begin to respect also nature. And as we begin to respect the water and we begin to respect the air that we breathe and we begin to respect the food so it's not GMOs uh, pushed and it's not um, inorganic foods that we're eating that's, de- that's depriving the people of health and vitality. It is causing a global malnutrition level. And the fast food industry and the junk food industry and the lack of self-awareness and knowledge is making the people sick. So my solution, I have written uh, several books on wellness. And one of the books that I speak on is, the name of the book is City of Wellness, Restoring Your Health Through the Seven Kitchens of Consciousness, Using Food as Medicine to Heal Individuals and to Heal Families, and then for to spiral out as circles of wellness. So each one then teach one. And this, to me, is a solution or some of the solutions to global holistic wellness and vitality. Thank you. Okay. Um, Jay, what, is, what question do you have about our esteemed group of guests here? My, my question, Gail, is about humanitarians. Um, at least 38 million people worldwide have been forced from their homes. It's like you lived in your house, and then all of a sudden some group of people told you you had to move. And these countries are pretty much, um, you know, Syria, Colombia, Iraq, Sudan, the Congo, Pakistan, and South Sudan, Somalia, Nigeria, and Turkey. A lot of people have been forced out of their homes, and they haven't been able to get to other countries. They're kind of just kind of in limbo. I wanted to know what are some solutions uh, that we could do to try to change the culture of a lot of these different uh, groups, criminal groups that are forcing these people from uh, out of their homes, uh, children, kids. What can we do as humanitarians to help the world in this this problem here? Well, you know, I think it'd be a great uh, to be a great question to start with Yangbo uh, for the young men of gender equality. Yangbo, what is your thoughts on that? What are some solutions you think could be created around that? Um, yes, uh, so just uh, please uh, repeat the questions a bit garbled on my side. Okay, so what, I'll say it again for you. What Jay stated was that there are people who are displaced from their homes, okay, uh, in, in such countries as Nigeria, and Jay, what other countries? Yep. Syria, Colombia, Iraq, Sudan, the Congo, Ukraine. Pakistan. Somalia and Nigeria and Turkey uh, displaced millions, 38 million people displaced worldwide. Well, so what, what we're asking you, Yang, is what do you think is the solution with so many people being displaced from their homes, whether it's disasters, you know, the wars, or just losing their home from um, economics? What do you think? What do you think is the solution that can be in these? Well, for one, first we have to start to just untangle. So it's an issue that should not try to attempt any top-down solution, quote-unquote solution, that makes these situations any worse. What's needed is an approach. Approach these situations not from a point of seeking judgment, but rather a point of seeking understanding. Understand local context. Understand what are the drivers there. Instead of 
trying to intervene, say, some received ideas? Why not say, are there any roots? Are there any values? Are there traditions? What is intrinsic with those communities that can then help to mitigate such issues in the future, for example? And then, of course, uh, if there are other external factors that's been well documented that take any of those issues, of course, much of that, especially you got Libya, Syria, Ukraine, much of that just blowback from prior policies by the United States and other uh, major global influences, that of them um, needs to be formed. But the issue is, instead of rushing to intervene, rather first understand and figure out what resources can they cultivate locally to then mitigate or help provide stabilization and then economic empowerment. Again, bottom-up solutions move away from top-down. So um, my question to you is, and both so our audience will understand that a little better, what do you mean top-down? So top-down example would be the calls to intervene, for example, as in support airstrikes in Iraq, for example, I mean, by the United States, there's a significant contingent of the U.S. public in favor of airstrikes in Iraq in response to the facility there, whereas could those make that, could it make that situation worse? Let's not exacerbate the problem by intervening where it's not needed, but rather, how do we empower those locally to keep those issues in check, keep coupling at bay? and promote stability and empowerment. Hmm. Uh, thank you very much for that. That's great. And, Jay, would you like to next? Uh, I would like to ask um, Jean. I would like Jean to uh, maybe she can give her opinion. Are you there, Jean? Yes, I'm here. Uh- so uh, the the question is the question is again. There's 38 million people displaced and has been forced from their homes by a lot of these different criminal groups out in the world. How do we help? Or how do we change the culture? What's your suggestion on trying to get these people to work together in Syria, Colombia, Iraq, Sudan? It's like really just 11 countries that really have the issues. We all have issues, but there's 11 countries. In Syria, Colombia, Iraq, Sudan, the Congo, Pakistan, South Sudan, Somalia, Nigeria and Turkey, and then you got Ukraine and these other countries. How do we change the current status of this problem? Hello? Uh, hello? Did you, did you get the question, Jean? So, uh, I think so. Just I can't hear things. It, it's the it's just in and out sometimes. I'm not sure oh. if I'm speaking clearly either. You're clear. Um, You're clear. Okay. Uh, you. Your question for me is really really huge, and. Uh, it's not something I encounter or uh, work with at all. Um, but being living in different countries and continents, uh, I my 
own experience is uh, there's always a lot of uh, uh, difference between the cultures to deal with, and but uh, how to overcome the fear and uh, misunderstanding or. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how those problems was occurred in those countries, but uh, like the Yambu was saying, it's uh, try to understand the more of the culture aspect because uh, sometimes it's just very simple misunderstanding by interpreting things differently and to create a misunderstanding and to create such a huge impact and become violence and the force and and people are forced out the home even uh, it's just to me it seems like uh, I want to say it's, it's it's just people have to be willing to learn a little more and not it's and working closely with the people who also understand. Um, for me, I I can't really say I understand all this problem coming and where they're going or where they're heading, uh, but learning from all of you, that will help me to understand more, and maybe that's one kind of start. Uh, it may not be the immediate solution, but making the situation to be known and by people more, perhaps that's one kind of solution for it. Wonderful. That's a good answer. Yeah. So is, 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 Nate, is Nate Mangard on the phone? Is Nate on the phone? Okay. Fuya, Fuya, are you on the phone? Um, this is Macy, and I'm on the phone, and I have a comment on this question. Okay. I I think that. Hello. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah. So I think that the the number one issue is that. The world powers just don't really care about homelessness, whether it's on a national level in the United States or it's on a global level. And on a daily basis, we're creating more refugees in the Middle East. And, uh, you know, this summer in Gaza, they created like 100,000 homeless people. And we as a people are fueling the homelessness on multiple levels. One is the fact that there's armed warfare going on all over the world and that the world powers are providing these weapons and not asking about what happens once they leave. So we're really good at bombing things and destroying things and then getting up and leaving and pretending like now that we're done there's no human factor. So I think that the fact that we have so much homelessness that we have hundreds of thousands of Syrian refugees, that on a daily basis in countries in Africa, people are also being run out of their home by violence, is a true reflection of the failure of the world to get its act together. Violence is what's leading to these people being displaced. And the only thing Mm. that's going to get them back into their homes are peaceful solutions to the ongoing conflicts that are ravaging the entire world. These temporary pieces of putting people in tents and having them freeze throughout the winter 
it's inhumane, and it, it, it's shocking to me that in 2015 we don't have more just solutions for homelessness on a national level and refugee situations on a global level. Wow, that's a good. That's that's true. That's very true. What you're saying. So, well, it was Mason on the, on the phone. That was just Mason. That was Mason. Okay. Yes, that was me. Okay. So I'm looking for Gail. Are you are you are you on the phone, Gail? Uh, yes, I'm right here. So my thought is actually is echoing actually across several places today about this. Um. And, and that's and that's where we go to the next level. So for me, something that goes back to what Queen Afua says, which we're going to have her on in a second, is it starts with our food and eat. Uh, nutrition plays a big part, as Queen Afua has stated, on how we think, how we look at things, how we deal with things. And if you're in a place of homelessness where you don't have a place to actually get the food that you need to eat that really fulfills the brain, you're worrying about how you're going to uh, deal with life and things of that nature, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Um, I believe we lost the food, hope that she's back on. Um, so leading into that, um, I'll save my question then for later. Um, so this is going to be something quite interesting for everyone and something that I think everyone can get, you know, behind. And that, she's that queen of food, that's great. So, one of the things, this is a question about music that anyone can answer. Music is a universal thing. It used to be that we started out listening to music on, I guess, back in our parents' time, cassettes, then it went to CDs, then it went to downloads, and we'll have vinyl. Vinyl's coming back heavily. We also have this new thing with string services. But my thing is getting back to the music that really makes a difference, that, you know, kids actually feel. They actually don't the physical, actual physical thing again. They can see what they're buying. They want to just have streaming services on their phone and everything. And I want to like to start off with this one with um, uh, Darren Brown on this one, Jay. That's okay with you. To find out, you know, he has three girls. Most people here have children. They listen to music forever. What does he think about how we're zooming guest music and technology and is it much? So, Darren, we're going to bring you on right now. Darren, your thoughts? Oh, oh I didn't quite hear all the questions. Uh, you talked about how music was doing what exactly? Music, music has gone through so many different stages that the way we consume right. music right. is different, Darren. And now it seems the kids are back to physical product, Okay. Do you think that, the, you know, what do you think about the direction of music and the way that we consume music right now, from youth to adults? What do, I, what, do I, what do I think about music and the way it's consumed right now? Yes. And the best solution, okay. actually the best way for us to consume music. The best way for you to consume music. Oh, okay. Well, well you know, that that's... That's pretty broad, and it's and it's I think that the the way that music should be consumed is a uh, is on a very individual um, basis. 
uh, I, you know, I, I think what's most important in, in regards to consumption is to just try, uh, make sure that for all those people that are involved in its creation, that they are, uh, one, um, fairly represented and, uh, for lack of a better term, because this is also subjective, fairly compensated for that which they create. Um, and, I, I mean, I do uh, appreciate the the fact that uh, some some people have re have, have developed a reinterest in in vinyl uh, as a uh, you know as 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 a medium. Um, I think that's great that they've that they've uh, that that has resurfaced. Um, but then again, I'm also biased. I think uh, the great thing about the way things are consumed today is that my children can reference uh, many good many good songs from from the past, and they're only able, they've only been able to do that because it, it is uh, been able to be streamed, uh, and they've been able to uh, listen to it. Um, you know, I, I can I can sit and talk to my children about James Brown because they uh, and, and people like James Brown and Ray Charles and, and Bessie Smith because they were able to hear their song streamed uh, through various media, uh, through various interactions with other kids or, or, or other mediums. So I, I think that, that that's a, in itself a blessing, uh, not, to dis, not to discount that uh, things like vinyl and whatnot. I, uh, I think that every, every medium has its space as long as, uh, as I said previously, uh, those people who created it are fairly compensated and treated for that creation. That's my thoughts on it. That's very interesting. I, I, I was just saying, uh, Darren, do you think there will ever be a solution economically for music? Since everything is so digital now, will we ever actually be able to get our hands around it where it could be a commodity where you could actually sell it and not so many so much piracy or will we always have this aura of, you know, because I remember back in the days when they had cassette tapes, you could take the radio, you could, you know, you can pretty much get things for free. But now things are digital, the quality is a little better, uh, people are not paying. So will we ever come to a state to where the artists can enjoy and make a living selling his music. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I, I think I think it's going to be one that is, is it's going to be one of the many challenges uh, that's there. But there's always been a challenge there uh, from that. Even when you go back, uh, when you go back to, to music being put out to the public, uh, as it with anything, you know, there there was always somebody that was going to try to create a way within which to um, either get away from, from not having to pay for it or uh, cheat the, the creators uh, out of their, their fair due. Um, so I, I, I would have to say, although it might sound pretty pessimistic, uh, that they're always, it's, that's going to always, that challenge will always be there. I just, uh, I think that, that we do have, 
the uh, means uh, by which the creators can be uh, compensated to some degree. But I think that there, I, th- I think that that will. I don't think that there is a solution for there being some uh, uh, some misfortune uh, to those that have created the music uh, to, to not get their full share of uh, of what's due them. It's always going to be that's... a way to get around getting them, getting the the, the creators their just due. It's the same thing in artwork. It's the same thing. People take digital pictures. The artists, they don't. With this digital age, it's kind of it's good and it's bad. You know, um, it's it's just it's really sad that. Um, well, Jay, we're going to you know, Jay, we're going to go on to the next one because we're running out of time, and there okay. are several people that we. So, um, one of the next things we're going to go to is uh, Queen of Fools and and getting to her regarding. Um, I believe we had one person drop off, and I hope they come back. I'm not sure who, if it was Jean or May soon, but um, Queen of Fools, we're going to ask you. I'm going to bring you in a second, and we're going to ask you specifically about um, nutrition and the planet itself of food in one's life. And if you would take specifically only three minutes to answer that, we're going to bring you on right now. Queen of Four, your thoughts on uh, food and its importance to everyday life. Would you share that with us? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, kind of connecting with the previous. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Can you hear me? Okay, good thing. Yeah, I can. Connecting with the previous um, presenter, I co-sign with her. But one of the things that I connect to is when your land can be taken and people can be displaced, the people are malnourished. When the people really use the land to grow their own food, that's even happening in urban. There's urban gardens everywhere. People have to get back to the land, start growing their food, and start controlling the food that they put in their bodies because the frequency, it's energy. One can destroy you if your energy field is very low and malnourished. So when you nourish the people, or the people nourish themselves from the land, from the seeds, from the water, from the soil, then they become powerful, they become creative, they become resourceful, they are able to unify, they're able to solve their own problems, and they are able to protect themselves. So actually the whole globe is malnourished, the whole globe. So you can have plenty of food that you're taking in, but it's not, it's not, it's not real food. It's substance. So most people are on substance abuse who are running the people who are malnourished completely. So it is a global experience. So one is robbing the people, stealing from the people. They're actually robbing and stealing from themselves. And because of one level of malnourishment from the top, and another level of malnourishment and toxicity from the bottom, that everyone is suffering. So it, for me, it's really teaching the people. Everyone has to go get lessons on how to restore themselves, heal themselves holistically, naturally, using nature as the cure, uh, not taking away from the medical field because you can continue with that, but you must learn basic living skills. And food is medicine for the planet. for our esteemed guests? Um, 
I just wanted to say that um, basically when you when you say not nourishing the planet, what are the uh, queen? What are the lacking? What are the lacking nutrition? What are some of the things that that's lacking in the food that's not nutrient the planet. What could you give us some examples? I just yeah. I'm just curious, like what yeah, are we okay. not getting? Okay. I can go by based on elements. We are made up of four primary elements, the human every human being. And in nature there's are uh, correspondent four elements. Air, fire, water and earth. Air, the asthma, bronchitis and this is taking one element. This is air. Asthma, bronchitis, emphysema, um, congestion, all of that is an air imbalance. And so there are foods in nature that actually provide the oxygen back into the lungs, back into the body. When the body is fully nourished on an air elemental level, then all of those diseases I just mentioned, they're eradicated then you have more creativity when you have more oxygen. But life and air is, in, is the same. The less air you have in your body, the less life and vitality that you have in your body. And then you're more susceptible to things and circumstances and people and places that take away your air. So something so simple as eating more live food. Eating foods come, come right out of the earth, not processed foods not prepackaged foods, not canned foods, not microwave foods, not junk food. So when you go to the water element, our waters are toxic. Our bodies are made up of 75-80% water. When our water is polluted, we have kidney failure. We have edema. We have obesity. We have stress. By having clean water and making that primary, having enough water, making that primary, then we are, our bodies are now liquefied and then we're not stagnated, we're not angry, we're not stressed out by taking water. And it could be at all levels, from bathing in clean water to drinking clean water to having healthy water for your growing of your food. Looking at the earth element, most people are eating food that have no value. The fast food industry is growing in the African-American community. It is known that it is six times more fast food in those communities than any other community. So what is fast food? It's food. It's substance. It's not real food. Food nourishes the mind, the body, and the spirit. It, it, it nourishes your relationships and your interaction and your responses, depending on the quality and the vibration of that substance or food. So if fast foods are permeated in the urban communities and people, and they call that convenient food, they call that in, uh, it's economically cheaper take from you. It robs like a thief in the night, your life force, your energy, your creativity. You can't see, you can't create. You are just a puppet on the scheme of life. When you lower yourself to eating something that is not made for human consumption, but there's right. money is being made, but people are getting sick, and it's across the globe. Thank you so much, Tina Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Thank and um, you. thank you so much. We're going to go to another question, Jay. That I want to go into with um, Jean and Soon and Yangba. Um, question of gender equality. We're going to go. So here at uh, Listen Give, I always believe that um, it's, uh, it's 
just about gender equality because a man and a woman are both human beings. And it's about the shifting and shifting behavior and partnership between men and women and girl and boys and us as men and women teaching girl and boys. That is our thought process. We would like to hear, starting with Yangbo, his thoughts about this being that he works for organization in this area. What are your thoughts, Yangbo? Well, so just something to keep in mind regarding this issue of gender equality. Just realize that whenever you mention gender, it doesn't necessarily, it's not the equivalent of meaning, quote-unquote, women. What it really means is it's not just women, and not just men either, but all gender orientations. That's what gender equality is. It's not limited to, again, a women's issue. It's a human rights issue. You're men, men, women, transsexual or LBTI, any of those. Keep in mind that equality, inclusion, that's the umbrella issue. That's what's going to enable those SDGs, these sustainable development goals. That's what's going to enable them going forward. That if you can solve, if you can address the inequalities, then addressing poverty and climate change becomes that much easier. with us across the board um, that has to do with culture and how gender equality fits into that with culture, if there's any differences or any solutions you see. Hello? Hello? Yes. Yangbo, can you hear yes, us? Uh- Okay, I can hear you now. So I was a bit of a cut off. You mentioned the issue of culture. Uh, what, what was the complete? Yeah, how do you feel the complete remark. How do you feel culture plays a part in general across all genders? And how can we better have equality across all genders? Well, the key is again, don't judge, rather try to understand first. That's pretty, that's pretty much the bottom line here. So try, first try to understand and then see is there anything intrinsic that can then be used to address these issues. It's, there's actually a case study uh, by, of a non-profit called uh, Tosan operating in much of Africa and their recent success has been getting Senegal to be the first country to eliminate, eradicate the practice of female genital cutting. And what they did was, rather than impose bans, they're focused on educating those women, those communities, on their rights, have the community support them, and even find backing within their tradition. Example, take the Quran. Many of them have thought that you had to cut your girls because it was teaching Islam. No. There's nothing in the Quran that specifically prescribes that. So that's with support of imams and other community figures, other religious figures, they were able to move forward. Again, that was intrinsic. That wasn't because 
of someone moving in and making an external ban, but rather some intrinsic change looking into their culture, seeing what are the positive, what can they, what thing can they can elevate from within. Well, thank you so much, Yangbo. Thank you for that. Now we're going on to Soon and Jean. Soon and Jean are there. I'm barely here. I can't hear most of the time now. Okay, we're sorry. We do have you on live. We wanted to know what you thought about gender equality. The board. Gender equality are women's human rights across the board. What solutions we can have to gender equality? That everyone is being equal across the board, no matter what your orientation is as a human being. Are you there, Jean? Do we have you? I I could not really hear thing well. Uh, the the question is what gender equality? Yes, gender equality. Gender equality. And what do you think about gender equality? What are some of the solutions we can bring to equality amongst all genders? Um, I well, I would just have a very simple answer for that. It's just through the education. Uh, not it's. Uh, I remember back when my grandmother had to bounce her feet when she was little. But through the slowly uh, education process, people understand that 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 is not healthy and that's not really good, and uh, men don't really appreciate either. So uh, with this revolution time, uh, education accumulations, and people realize that that's not a good way to treat little girls, and eventually it was banned. And it's just very simple things, but it's uh, it's a huge step for women in a, in earlier China time, and a lot of things are still practicing around the world, and mostly because of the lack of age understanding and because the education didn't reach enough and further enough, and for people to understand and to. Uh, make this equality become more real and better understanding. So for me, the solution is continue the education uh, any way you know, um, individually, communitally, and society, worldwide. Gender Speaking of uh, gender equality, there's a lot of, uh, of things happening. Um, there's 126,000 pregnant women affected by the Nepal earthquake. Um, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that we bring that up, Gail. Um, a lot of women have been affected out there. Um, they're, not getting, they're not getting the resources that they need. It's over some 2 million girls um, that are affected. And, you know, it's time for some of us 
I think a lot of that has to do with how we see the world as men. You know, we have to bring this thing to light. We have to equalize the playing field. Um, that's very necessary. Um, and because if we don't, uh, guess what? The whole the whole planet loses because you guys, women, are <laughs> you guys are the giver of life. You guys are you guys are what makes us become us. So I just wanted to throw that in there and, and, and also talk about the earthquake and all the women that are being affected over there. And um, we need to get behind some of them. Well, that's something we will definitely put a shout out to. We only have four more minutes. So I think what the best thing for us to do is just ask each person for one minute to look into any subject that they would like to share. What do you think, Jade? I think it's a good idea, don't you? Yeah, it's a great idea. Okay, so we are going to go to, we're going to start here with uh, Yangbo, I'm sorry, Yangbo. Subject matter, what are your last words on anything of any solution that you think would be great for the world to know right now? Do we have you there? You can come off of mute. Bingo? Um, next yes, course. yes. Oh, you're there. Great. Yes, I am. So, uh, so I was, again, it was it. just cutting it out on my end as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Any solution that you have, anything, what, what would you like to share with our audience for 30 seconds? Of, if it was your last word left, what would you leave with all of us? Well, uh, at least what you can do, uh, just anyone listening in, just maybe figure out what can you do day to day to encourage equality. What can you do day to day, for instance, say, to make the media environment much more inclusive, much more accepting, much more conducive to that type? Just ask yourself a question. What can you do? Say, whether you're a founder, whether you're an investor, are you part of a NGO? What can you do to facilitate that process? Doesn't have to be anything big, just even a small act would suffice. Just ask yourself, what can you do? Just ask, just ask yourself that question. That's pretty much why I leave everyone with. Thank you so much, Yangbo, for being our guest today. And thank you for leaving us with that. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And now we're going to go to uh, Darren Brown and ask him for 30 seconds what would he leave the world with if this was his last breath right now. Darren, would you share that with us? I would leave the world with the recognition that we are we are in an amazing time now where one good thing that can come from this uh, modern technology is the ability to communicate with millions and millions of people uh, almost instantly, uh, and that the it is everybody's ability from a humanitarian uh, to be able to do something. Not not one person can't do everything, but one person can do something, and they can reach that mess. That they can reach use the, use the internet 
and and technology to share that that what that gift with someone else and that that might make a difference. Thank you so much Darren for sharing that and thank you for being our guest on Listen Give today. Sure, I had a great it was it was very very enlightening and edifying. Thank you for having me. No problem. Okay, and then we're going to Queen of Four, and then after that, we're going to go to Jean. So, Queen of Four, if you were to leave, if this yes. were your la- last breath, and you were leaving the world with something for thirty seconds, would you let us know what you would tell the world? Mm-hmm. It's time to wake up the healer within. For everything that we're seeking is from within, and begin to trust yourself. And one of those ways is to begin right now to form circles of wellness. Find a circle, create a circle, be the circle. And in the circle is a safety net. It is a, it's a, it's a, a, a place where you become educated within the circle. You get inspired within the circle. You're recharged. You can be empowered. You can share your gifts. You can share your assets. You can share your, your, your thoughts to build your community, to build your family circles, to build your community circles, to build a global circle of wellness. This is where healthcare is self-care, and this is where the people make up the cities, the countries, the towns. If you heal the people, you heal the cities, you heal the planet. Thank you. Thank you so much, Queen of Four, for being with us today and giving your words of wisdom. My pleasure. Thank you. And then we're going to go to Jean. Jean, how are you? Thank you for being with us today. And we'd like to know, you, Jean, if these were your last words on earth, what would you leave this world with? What wisdom would you leave the world with? Um, I would like to be kind hearted and truthful to myself and and to others too and to leave uh, the world with just the warm and love and trust to the people's uh, because I believe once you truly believe in that, there's energy to pass on and it will carry on to others, and that will become very powerful and and very, very uh, positive power to others, and that's so uh, help everybody to pass on to it. Thank you so much, Jean. That will, and that will, mm-hmm. Thank sorry. you for having me, too. I, Thank you for having me on the program. It has been fun. It's a lot of enlightening uh, talk today. I have learned. Yeah. Thank you so much. And and we will have you on again as usual. Thank you very much. Uh, we still have Yangbo on. And, uh, Jay, before we leave, since Yangbo and, and, you know, is one of our younger people, Yangbo, we have a question for you before you go. Yangbo, okay. Go ahead. We'd like to know, what would you tell the young people out there right now? The people your age and, and, and the difference they can make and older people together. What can we do intergenerationally to make a difference with each other? Well, again, uh, for one, it's really, really the bottom line is to play with this message. It's really that and rather than rushing to judge. And, of course, secondly is to figure out exactly what can you do locally, what can you do in your own backyard 
and so that you build capacity locally and then allow that to trickle out quite effectively. It's just connecting. You have the global online connectivity. Now, how do you close that loop, bring it back offline, share those outcomes, others can learn from, just keep that reinforcement cycle going. Wow. Well, thank you so much. And we hope to have you again and continue to enjoy TechCrunch Disrupt in New York. Well, well, thank you very much, and uh, good day to you. To you, too. And and Jay and I are now going to leave out with our own thoughts. Jay, what is your thought for that you want to leave everyone with on the call today before we leave out? Well, my my thing would be make sure that your moments in life are enlightened because those are the only things you have. And try to make sure that everyone that you have a moment with, you leave something positive with them. So, in other words, you will reach your hand out and pull them up, pull them out the dirt. And that's what, that's what your goal is, to in, enlighten the human race and try to make this place a better place. Thank you so much, Jay. And then I'm going to leave out with the last word that is really a culmination of what everyone has said. We created at Listen Give the five pillars of sustainability of life. And the first one is climate and sustainability. That is the foundation and the ground. The next one is health and economic viability. As Queen Afua and, and Jean and all of us have said, we need to have our homes, we need to have food to nurture ourselves and within our body. Without food, we cannot sustain ourselves to do anything. We need to make sure that we're healthy and economically viable the men, women, and family part of it, to make sure that we are always in alignment with each other, that we treat each other with respect and human rights across the board, that we all are human and we all matter. The next thing is youth and education. Without these things in place, we cannot support our youth around the world. And the last is arts and technology and all of these things. We need these things as an additive, not to make it our life. I think the best way to say this is if any of you have ever watched the movie The Intern with Vince Vaughn and Owen San, Owen uh, Wilson, it was where they worked together with people at Google. At the end of the movie, you see a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge, and they said you cannot Google the Golden Gate Bridge. You just have to look at its beauty over the water. So let's not forget to honor the beauty in each other, to respect each other, even if it's a difference in what we believe in, we can learn from each other. And that culture plays a part to understand one another's culture because sometimes we think culture is not there, but it is. So thank you, everyone. And this was our first call like this, and we will be having a second call next week. So thank you, for audience, for working with us through our audio and technical difficulties. And it will be completely different next week. So with that said, we're going to look at the song, treasure because everyone is a treasure.